We'll get to open line after R.J. Hammond gives us uh, his update on um, what's going on with the Federation of American Immigration Reform. But, R.J., if you don't mind, I, I want to start with something that um, the, the irony is probably not lost on you. The, the United States is considering sending troops to Europe to defend the sovereignty of the Ukraine, yet we have ignored the governor of Texas and the governor of New Mexico, people that have cried out for help. Make any sense to you, R.J.? Probably not a damn bit. No, it's it's just very interesting, though, to see that this is the border and the sovereignty that the Biden administration cares about. It's actually, you know, I was just watching CNN, you know, don't shoot me for that. But a Biden uh, deputy, a national security uh, uh, person, actually just said that Americans should care about Ukraine because we should care about borders and sovereignty. So we care about it in Eastern Europe, but we don't care about it here at home. And again, I hope the American people are paying attention here. You know, it would be interesting if Russians were coming up through the southern border. I'm sure we'd have not just the National Guard, but, you know, the United States Armed Forces, for the best of our abilities, down there keeping it safe. So, again, this is just... They have their priorities out of whack. It's within the purview of the um, of the chief of the commander in chief to appeal to the state's national guards for help. Is it not that that doesn't uh, violate posse comitatus at all? No, it doesn't at all. And, and obviously, a lot of governors uh, with jurisdiction over the states that that near the border they can call them in as well. They control their national guard too. We saw it down in Texas, but. You know, again, this is just, it shows that the Biden administration's priorities are extremely out of whack, that they care about a border in Eastern Europe more than they do about our very own. Now, the, the conditions down there at our southern border are as bad as we've ever seen. The numbers just dropped yesterday, whereas about 179,000 encounters in the month of December. The Biden administration kept those numbers in their pocket for about three weeks. Just to show how absurd that is, that puts us over 2 million encounters at the border in Biden's first calendar year. And if you compare it to the last three Decembers combined, the number this past December was higher. And they were always a little bit lower considering the cold weather. So the situation is just as bad. But the Biden administration lucks out that it is the new normal. You know, when you had the press conference last week, no reporter asked a single question about our crisis at the border, but focused on one that was being manufactured in Eastern Europe. Do you think that um, the American public just do not, they don't have their eye on the problem? It's not in their wheelhouse? How I, I just wonder, I mean, it's in mine. I just wonder how the Biden administration gets away with that amount of, well, how many encounters you say, 179,000? 179,000. That puts us about, again, 2 million in the calendar year. We always look at the border encounters for the fiscal year. Right. But this is finally, we can look at one and say, hey, this is how it's been since Biden entered office. Remember, they initially started to say that the uptick in, in apprehensions and the, and the plummeting in removals, they had, you know, it was COVID reasoning, it was a seasonal uptick. But again, now we're starting to finally realize that it is the result of the policies that they rescinded and other radical ones that they put in place. But again, you know, this is the fault to some extent of the media. And, you know, groups like us are up here in Washington shouting from the rooftops, yep. both to policymakers and the general public, trying to say, hey, the crisis has not stopped. But again, attention spans you know, are, are, are quick, you know, people RJ, are always looking on to the next crisis or the next thing at hand. The media does not care about this anymore. And again, I do think the American public does. You know, border security is national security. An unsecure border puts drugs, fentanyl, criminal aliens up into American communities around the country. So mm-hmm. again, it, it's sad that you have to have events 
that happened, whether it's an overdose in your community or even outside of the scope of border security, which you had down in Texas with the terrorists exploiting our visa waiver program coming in and holding four people hostage at a synagogue. It's it's sad, again, that that these events Mm -hmm. have to happen to get the media back focusing on our national security and our sovereignty and the security of our borders. Is this truthful, what I'm about to say here? Last January... The Biden administration, they decided remain in Mexico was too much of a burden on the Mexican government, so we're going to do away with that. In addition to that, the border wall was nearing completion, and in just a few weeks or a month it would have been completed. And did they, they stopped the border fence, but these contracts had already been let, so the federal government had to pay the contracts anyway. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, and you had, I mean, there's been some drone footage, I think Bill Malugan from Fox News, to, of where you just have, I mean, I'm talking acres and acres, football fields of, of border wall materials that are sitting there just rusting. But yeah, I mean, the Biden's first day in office, and this, this guy, you know, pivots back to what happened down in Texas with that gentleman. There was a handful, I think even more than a handful, two handfuls of executive orders that President Biden revoked his first day in office. Now, yeah, some were the border wall. You had remained in Mexico. There are, you know, border security things that Democrats have shouted from the rooftops against. But he even revoked some common-sense executive orders, like one that sought to enhance vetting of foreign nationals traveling to our country. So, again, anything that had President Trump's name attached to it, President Biden revoked. And, again, we're paying the price both in terms of legal entry and, you know, numbers that we've never seen before coming up through our border. Refreshing my memory, when Biden signed those executive orders, was his comment that these were too draconian, something like that? These were unfair to immigrants that want to seek asylum here in the United States? What did he actually say? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly kind of what he said, that everything is inhumane. It's not who we are as a country. Well, I, I think what isn't who we are as a country is not caring about the security of our borders and the concept of national sovereignty. Again, the Biden administration and everything that they try to do, they try to erase the distinction between an American citizen, a green card holder, you know, an asylum seeker, uh, any type of immigrant, legal or illegal. They don't care. They don't care about any restrictions. So, again, not only what they did was try to revoke everything Trump did, again, because it's not they viewed it as, again, something that was inhumane. They also issued many of their own executive orders that sought to do the opposite, to enhance uh, uh, the ability of people to come in here both legally and illegally, gutting our asylum system. Listen, this crisis is all in their hands. They caused it. They're keeping it going. And we're hopeful that the American people are still paying attention mm-hmm. that, 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 that this is the new normal what, under the Biden administration. What could happen if the United States Congress became conservative and they were to bring something forward to stop this? What could they do? <laughs> could, could they do anything in the face of a president that is unwilling to stop this? Well, as you and your listeners know that, you know, if Congress, if the Republicans control both chambers and they pass a law, who has to sign it? <clears throat> Joe yep. Biden. Or, or veto it, right? So again, you know, we, we don't think anything is going to happen when it comes to an actual law being passed. These parties are so far apart on the immigration issue. Listen, Democrats, back in the day, you know, when they wanted amnesty for, you know, 10, 11 million people, they were willing to accept some enforcement trade-offs and tweaks to our system. Now they want amnesty, no strings attached, because they want us to be here again 10, 20 years down the line, having to legalize the next wave that this amnesty caused. So they're so far apart. But what Republicans really can do is they're going to have they're going to be in a better seat when it comes to oversight 
and controlling the purse strings of the federal government. There's going to be a lot of hearings where Secretary Mayorkas and other officials in the Biden administration are going to have to answer for a lot of the things they've done that have triggered this border crisis. And again, controlling the purse strings, that's the one thing Congress will have control over. We'll be able to work with Republicans in both chambers to make sure that money that goes to the Department of Homeland Security can't be used to carry out certain radical policy memorandums and other executive orders. So Republicans will have to put their money where their mouth is. You can't just be politically screaming from the rooftops, oh, there's a border crisis, it's terrible. Well, now will be the time to do something about it if the American people make their voice heard at the polls right. of November do, 2022. Do us conservatives have a sane voice in Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin? Will they hold the line on immigration? Well, you know, fortunately, immigration is just one of the many issues that, you know, they could have issues with. Joe Manchin said that he believes the border should be secured. Cinema's kind of kept it to her best on immigration. Got to keep in mind, neither of them have been that great on our issue. So, again, if they hold the line here and refuse to go forward on any Build Back Better negotiations, I don't think it will be because of immigration. It'll be because of simply getting rid of the filibuster. It's a very bad process. And then also the Senate parliamentarian. I think she's our saving grace here most of all, saying that immigration, a, such a sweeping policy change like immigration, has no business being included mm-hmm. um, in a budgetary process uh, uh, that they're trying to use to build back better. Uh, ex- so again, ex- you know, we're thankful that, ex- for them taking a hard line, but it's not immigration related. Ex- explain that to our listeners and for me, really. Senate parliamentarian, um, enlarge upon yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do, obviously, via Build Back Better to, to move away from that 60-vote threshold is, again, they're trying to go through a thing called, you know, the nuclear option. They're trying to get behind the filibuster. And to do so, you know, they have to adhere to this thing called the, uh, the bird rule to make sure every provision in this big package is budgetary in nature. And there's nothing budgetary about amnesty for millions of illegal aliens. Right. Right. Okay, you know, you could honestly say that has an effect negatively across the board on, you know, the American taxpayer. But again, it affects social cohesion. It affects our borders, our security of our borders. So many other things outside a simple spending bill. It will have effects for years to come, and it shouldn't be included. And she's uh, taken that line pretty hard. All right, very well. RJ, you're always thoughtful, and you give us some uh, a lot of great, great things to think about. But I don't know why this is not more of an American issue, why people don't feel it, because I see it every day. When you, when you look at what is going on in um, the city of Chicago and just the lawlessness there, I was watching something last night. It was on Fox Nation where a guy from China, he was a... Lyft driver or an Uber driver got into a battle with another driver and kicked the guy in the head, killed him, was able to flee to China before anybody prosecuted him. And we have people that are in this country that are here to do us harm, really. And they, a lot of them come in as gang members, and I don't know how anybody couldn't understand. This is bad for the United States, this unfettered immigration. You're absolutely right. Immigration is a public safety issue. Yeah, you got it. All right, until next week? Yep, thank you. All right, how do we reach you, and uh, how do my folks uh, get on board here and uh, with this very, very important topic? Yeah, everybody go to www.fairus.org, www.fairus.org, to learn ways to contact your lawmakers and, again, learn more about what's going on in immigration here in Washington, around the country, and down at the border. All right, well done. Thank you, RJ. Appreciate it.